ABCs, where we are enjoying. What are we enjoying? It, or what month are we in? It's Hanukkah time. <laughs> it's Hanukkah time. Yes, yes. Well, actually, now it's not Hanukkah time anymore. Is the time that this is going up? No, that's true. What time? What Festivus. time are we in Festivus, now? Festivus. That's what it was. Festivus. That's what it was. So we're we're talking this week about Festivus. Oh yeah. Wait. No, that's not right. Oh, Christmas time! Oh, Christmas time! Christmas oh, yeah! Time. Oh, yeah! <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> now that all the snow has fallen, it's crunching below my feet. And all the Christmas lights are shining on houses up and down my street. And I can see the happy families inside. If only for a moment It's Christmas time Now, it's <laughs> this is credited to Jim. I mean, this is credited to Kevin. to Kevin. But I have so it's on the Christmas album, The Bare Naked for the Holidays 2005. However, I have internet here that says <laughs> in a in a record label here that says it was actually on an earlier record. Um, it was on the Nepotism Record Presents. What? And it's pop-gold on. My thing is talking in the background here now. Chaos. It was on... <laughs> my computer is just going randomly. So for people listening today, I have no notes. My computer decided to randomly shut down and delete all my notes for this week. So Same I'm going to be going off memory as much as i can this week um so it was a random it was originally released with a steven lead mr johnson bought a christmas tree he set it up with his family they're opening their presents big and small mr johnson got a from the now this is a really weird name for a record so follow me here nepotism records presents a canadian family christmas from 1994 there are a lot of really interesting songs on this uh so for example crooning on christmas eve and hey ho christmas um and just a lot of different ones on here uh it's christmas time in australia by clive smith um and one of the ones on here is it's Christmas time. Oh yeah, but it's it's credited to Kevin Hearn, but it can't be Kevin Hearn because 1994 Kevin Hearn was not with Bare Naked Ladies. Mm. Interesting. And and it's Stephen singing it. It is definitively Stephen singing it with Ed doing the background harmonies with Jim and and Tyler, um, maybe in with Andy as well at this point. That's odd because it sounds is, like a very Kevin song. Totally sounds like a Kevin song. It does, and so I'm not quite sure how how it's not a Kevin. Maybe Kevin wrote it, gave it to BNL, and because he, it's not like they didn't know each other back then. So maybe it is a Kevin song that BNL decided to do for this album. I don't know. Interesting. It's also on another album <laughs> that I encourage people to go out there and buy, um, which is More Hope for the Holidays, which it's pro- a nonprofit. For diabetes organization for kids, it's I think it must be mo- mostly written um, and collected by the Beach Boys, especially Mike Love, because a lot of the songs on here are from Mike Love. But there's also "Run Run Rudolph" by Creedence Clearwater Revisited, so with that the the Creedence Clearwater without John. And then there's also there's Weezer, Weezer's version of "Oh Come All You Faithful," which. You can also get on YouTube and it's really amazing to listen to. I I listened to it last night and it's wonderful. Hmm. But you got like Mike Love of the Beach Boys singing Santa's Going to Kokomo. You've got uh, David Coverdale of White Snake singing Twas the Night Before Christmas. <laughs> nice. So some... I'm actually pretty curious about hearing this album now. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of an interesting <laughs> album. So if you get a chance to go out and find it, good luck. It is on available on Amazon. That one, the other one, 
Uh, the Nepotism Record album must have been a very rare release because I can't get it anywhere, including eBay. Hmm. That is a lot of the background on this song. So let's jump on over to Aaron to talk about the music. All right, let's break it down. <laughs> Yes. I don't have a breakdown. I was going to do Aaron's hot take, but this isn't quite Aaron's hot take. It's the breakdown. Yeah. So I got to come up with a new little. Is like more about like maybe the interpretation of the lyrics or like. Yes, absolutely. We should, we should keep. Look, things have names for a reason. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's break it down. Uh, so Christmas time. Oh, yeah. Um, this, uh, I don't know if that was the Kool-Aid guy or the show me what you got head, but that was something like, or maybe uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. Now that would be an interesting cover. Christmas time. Oh, yeah. Is written uh, and is performed, I should say, approximately 125 beats per minute. The alternate version we listened to, the Steven version, was just a hair faster, perhaps about 127 beats per minute, which not much difference, but if you look at the overall lengths of the recordings, that one is a slightly uh, shorter, uh, which would probably follow. Uh, either way, both versions fall comfortably under the Allegro tempo marking. It's written in the key of C major, but interestingly, you will hear B flat in this tune. So we get that dominant, uh, dominant seventh fill. Uh, what's happening is the B-flat is a modally borrowed subdominant chord from C minor. This is a very jazz-influenced move. Uh, however, it's definitely a borrowed tone, and the song stays rooted firmly in C major because we end on that lovely C-dominant 7th chord, as well as during the, the pre-chorus chord changes, there's a lovely descending bass line from A to G-flat to G while shifting from 4 to 1. Uh, this is a passing tone, which effectively borrows from a minor four from C minor again. So we move from F major to F minor to C third inversion. Uh, it's keeping all the harmonies nice and tight, and you get that descending bass line throughout. And it's very pleasing to my ear. So I like this tune a lot, as you can probably tell. Um, so the form of the song, we have the intro, the verse, we'll call that A. The pre-chorus, we'll call B, and the chorus is C. Now the chorus kind of extends the pre-chorus changes and then moves into the oh yeah uh you could argue the pre-chorus and chorus are the same section i'm going to separate them because of how the song flows but you know leave a mean comment on our pa uh, facebook page if you disagree <laughs> um verse don't two don't you dare right? leave a mean comment <laughs> talk about that's our, for you jorker our, our sophomoric <laughs> sense of humor uh we're never going to let that go. Uh, anyways, we got verse two, back to the A changes, pre-chorus B, and chorus C again. And it just ends there on that beautiful C7. Um, so we have an ABC, ABC kind of structure. There really isn't a bridge, unless you count the pre-chorus as a sort of bridge. But it doesn't really need yeah. one. It's short and it's sweet. It's self-contained and it's beautiful to listen to. I know that I uh, previously said I don't like Christmas songs, but I'll be damned if I didn't really enjoy this song a lot. Uh, I think I liked it. I think I liked it because it was an original tune. Um, you know, it's not just a standard. Uh, you know, not that I don't like Christmas carols. As I said, I love the the uh, Carol of the Bells. Um, there are some Christmas standards I really like. Silent Night's really nice too. But you know, I think maybe they're just kind of. <laughs> I don't know. They're overplayed. Like I feel like as soon as Halloween's over. We don't even get to enjoy Thanksgiving, and we're just inundated with all these Christmas songs. So to hear a Christmas song I hadn't heard before, and one that was really well arranged and had some nice harmonies, that was a real treat for me. Um, and, you know, this does have... Beautiful little, harmonies. Really, really beautiful close harmonies, which I like a lot. And it has a little bit of that Norman Rockwell schmaltz, or maybe even a lot of it. But I don't know. I may be a bit of a bastard, but even I can be sentimental. You know, I love Spielberg films. Uh, I think it's earnest, and um, I think that's what saves it. You know what I mean? If, if it was a little more cheesy in its presentation or seemed insincere, I think I would hate it. But I love it, and I think it's telling that this is a song that I, a relative newcomer to BNL, unlike you two, I immediately thought, oh, Kevin must have written this, which is funny because, as we said, maybe he didn't. Um, but it sounds like a Kevin song to me from what I have learned of Kevin. Totally. Um, and it's really, it's really great work. The piano reminds me a lot of Vince Guaraldi, and I mean that as a very high compliment. If yes! you think about it. Thank you. Mr. Johnson got a Christmas tree He set it up with his family 
Geraldi did all the piano music for Peanuts, so Charlie Brown's Christmas yes. and all that. One of my notes right. is Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote that down. Second. I'm hearing a lot of Geraldi in this, and I love yes. his Geraldi. He's fantastic. And the, Especially Kevin's that second point. verse. Like, yeah. There's a spot in that second verse that sounds so much like Charlie Brown Christmas, yes. the sadder parts of Charlie yeah. Brown Christmas. Which I love. I mean, Garaldi was yeah. fantastic work on the on the Peanuts stuff. So it's very appropriate, I think, that it kind of summons up that kind of feel uh, and it evokes that kind of Charlie Brown's Christmas feel. I love this tune a lot. The jazzy feel, the harmonies, the expressive piano work. It all comes together. And I'll be putting this on my playlist for Christmas morning when we're opening presents. Nice. Yeah. What about you, Michelle? I totally agree with everything you said, Aaron, but I do have five words for okay. this song with Kevin singing. <laughs> Emmett Otter's oh. Jug Band Christmas. Ooh. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally evoked okay. Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas for I me. I agree Just 100%. The, no. Especially the first verse. And I also yeah. had a comment, and I thought of you, Aaron, the phrasing, his phrasing on Christmas time, Christmas time, <laughs> like it was a weird. Um, that was yeah. a really weird, yeah. like faltering in the voice. The, there. the like, phrasing of that? it, like, why are you breathing there? That's not how you breathe in a song. <laughs> um, yeah, it's <laughs> that's like phrasing one hundred and one. You know what I mean? But but Slightly. that's p- part of the charm. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I think, but it just—I really, really dug this this one. I I couldn't agree more when it comes to um, Emmett Otters. After my you know initial you know uh, people ask me my favorite Christmas movie, I'm always like, well, you know, Die Hard or Gremlins or something like that. Um, but honestly, <laughs> if I'm talking about more traditional Christmas movies that people tend to think of, uh, Emmett Otters' Jug Band Christmas is way up there, if not my favorite. It's certainly in my yeah. top five. It's a fantastic. If you guys haven't seen that, by the way. Um, Depending on when you guys hear this, uh, you listening out there, I'm not sure if it's uh, when it's going to be Christmas Day. Okay, so it might still be in theaters. Merry Christmas, by the way, to everybody. Merry Christmas. and uh, I, I had heard yeah, a I rumor. Yeah, I should have started with that. <laughs> I mean, what are you talking about? We're talking about this right now live, right? Um, no, uh, a little behind-the-scenes inside baseball for you. Uh, no, I had heard that Emmett Otter's Jugman Christmas was going to be playing in some theaters this year. So if I can get out and see that, I certainly would love to see it in theaters. Uh, love Jim Henson. Oh, my gosh. That would be Beautiful awesome. Music. My favorite is Sesame St- um, Christmas Eve on Sesame Street. If you oh, haven't seen that. I don't think that. I saw that. I've never seen uh, that. Bert and Ernie have this whole thing. It's like <laughs> you're going to be weeping. It's so good. <laughs> uh. But are they four years old or 40? <laughs> I have always thought... It's funny. Even as a kid, before I really knew what anything was, I always thought they were a couple. Or that Bert was Ernie's dad, but they were friends. It was sort of like this weird, all-encompassing mm. relationship. Like, they're best friends, and or brothers, and or Bert is the dad, and or they are a couple. Like, all of those things. That just sort of, in my little kid brain, that all just sort of made sense. Or- you know what, Michelle, though? <laughs> good i couldn't care less all i know is bert all i know is bert is evil what have you seen that website i don't know if it's still a website bert is evil.com there was all these, one of no. the early days of the of the internet there was this website where this guy photoshopped bert into pictures like next to hitler and mussolini and stuff like oh that it was hilarious omg i haven't seen now that. i gotta google bert is evil and see if it's still a thing oh yeah. man as we're all bird is evil TV. <laughs> to bring it back to the song, Not I do want to I do want to mention the oh yeah in the chorus, gorgeous, utterly Especially gorgeous. Especially the, the, at the end, I love oh, the way that. And sounds. that's why I would listen to this song all year round. I don't care that it's a Christmas yeah, song. It's it's so beautiful. nice to listen to. So the, nice the way they have that seventh chord arranged mm, in the harmonies is so it just, gorgeous. It's like butter. It is. It's like butter. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about the lyrics. I contend that this is not actually a Christmas song. Okay, I'm listening. So listening to the song like for the millionth time this week, both versions. um, By the way, I do have to say I I do love the 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 Kevin version. Okay, I do like I should say the Christmas version. The okay, I'm saying again. Wow, I do like. 
the yeah it's christmas morning i'm really messed up um <laughs> too much eggnog last night <laughs> too much eggnog last night um I, I do like the christmas version uh sorry i do like the kevin version i cannot get this out today um but I like the Steve version better for some reason. I think it's just I like Steve's voice and I associate Steven with BNL. And so I, I'm always looking for his voice. Um, and there's just something about him singing this song that I, I just enjoy. But here's the thing. Steven's Jewish. And I hear this sad song about Christmas. It's from a point of view about a person who is watching Christmas. Like, throughout this song... Throughout the lyrics, we have a person that is watching Christmas from the sidelines. I can see we the have... happy families inside. Right. He sees the happy families inside, but only for a moment, which means he's probably driving by. Um, he's talking about all these people. He sees people down the street. He sees the children singing. He sees the carolers coming. He hears the carolers. He sees people opening presents. None of this is about him. A lot of it sounds very, very sad. The only part of the song that sounds happy is when the carolers, carolers kick in with... Oh, yeah. <laughs> with oh, yeah. the oh, yeah part. <laughs> and other than that... And the, the other part that is interesting about this is you have... And I, and I asked some Canadian friends of ours that were on the podcast in the past, Monster Squad Minute guys. I said, I, I'm missing something here. Is this like cereal box thing in the morning like a canadian thing am i missing like this is like this kind of like tradition is they're like no we have no idea like what that piece is coming from the jimmy got a box of frosty flakes right so you have the like mr johnson's got a christmas tree he's putting it up with his family he's got a big brown bowling ball for christmas sally's got a brand new pair of skates and jimmy's got a box of frosted flakes <laughs> Like, and he's trying to take it in stride and he's trying to be happy about it. And he's, he's doing the Canadian thing of like, Hey, there's a special present inside. There's a special little prize. But doesn't that in some ways just kind of cry out of like, I get all these great big presents for Christmas and the Jewish like little boys get these little tiny prizes and little tiny things. And they're trying to celebrate this day. That's not something that they celebrate. So I'm trying to... I want to. I want to. I want to jump on. I want to go back and I want to well, erase that because uh, it sounds kind of racist there for no. a second. But it, it sounds like <laughs> so. I, I get the feeling like Jimmy is being happy, but well, I get the feeling like he's got this. Maybe like, Jimmy's the scapegoat. How do we know Jimmy's, a family that's poor? Wait, I want to ask like you a family this. that's I want to ask poor. You this, and, how do we know Jimmy is Jewish? I, I the only thing that differentiates him is his line has an and in front of him. Well. We don't. We yeah. don't know that. But I'm just taking, like, Stephen, Stephen is Jewish. Right. And it, it could be, like, a person from another religion, any religion. I'm just thinking, like, Stephen is Jewish and, like, maybe that. Um, but I don't get the feeling that the person that's celebrating this is part of Christmas. Like, there's no buy-in from that person and no expression about them and how they're doing with Christmas it's all about everything that they're seeing around them. I don't know. I'm I'm usually the first one to jump on board with a depressing interpretation of a Christmas song, but I I've, I don't know. This this feels very impressionistic to me. Like we talked about the haiku before. I, I'm just when I look at the when I hear this, it just summons up a Rockwell painting to me, and that's all I'm that's all I'm I'm seeing. And maybe I just don't want to to leave that position. But uh. right, snow snow or um who who is the um the road less traveled. Um, it's almost like snow Robert falling Frost. on cedars. Yeah, yeah, Robert Frost. It's like a Robert Frost poem from it's from an observed point of view. Um, and maybe I, it is. Yeah. I don't necessarily feel the sadness of this song. Usually, I'm in agreement with you on these things, Tracy. But this one, <laughs> I don't necessarily um, feel where you're coming from. But I do think it's this interesting, like Mr. Johnson, Sally. Yeah. And Jimmy, like those are very like 1950s whitewashed. Oh yeah, it's names. a wonderful life. Totally, Jimmy Stewart. Well, <laughs> right. I will say this, Tracy. To back up your theory, I, I did know earlier that this. Yes, this is written in the key of C major, one of the most simple and and you know kind of uh, you know the basic most. It's kind of the prime major. It's it's the platonic major, right? 
However, it does borrow from C minor at certain points. So there are very specific times in the song, in the pre-chorus and chorus especially, working up to the oh yeah, where you're getting, you're borrowing specific notes, not just passing tones, but sometimes borrowed subdominant harmonic elements from C minor. So I would say that overall, the song, yes, it's happy, it's in a happy key, but there are these little elements of sadness woven in there. So uh, maybe right. there is something to that. I don't know. Well, I and say. maybe it's just me implement, you know, <laughs> implementing and and pasting in things from like as as you mentioned, Vince Guaraldi. Like, yeah, if I'm being and there are parts of the song that very much like I would say tone into that idea um, and sound a lot like that. Probably like nice little uh, what do we call them? Uh, just like nice little nods of the head to mm-hmm. to Vince Guaraldi, but. Those are the parts of Charlie Brown Christmas that are kind of bittersweet in feel. Like they're that slightly sad moments of of Charlie Brown Christmas. And maybe that's what I'm pulling into that is that memory of those sad moments of that that show and and therefore it's kind of painting this for me. Yeah, no, I mean I I totally now that you mentioned it, it wasn't something that I initially had in mind when I was listening to it, but I could totally see it. Um I think we need Kevin it's to come on. It's interesting, though, because it's still a very enjoyable song for me. Kevin. Like, it's still one that I want kind of playing in the background. Hashtag settle the argument. Uh, join the conversation. Kevin, we know you listen. Come on. We love you. <laughs> we definitely love you, Kevin. Although there is this kind of a sad line, and I can see the happy families inside, if only for a moment. So it's definitely somebody looking on from afar. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. It's it's just it it's one of those songs that I don't I think if we asked Kevin or Jim, I mean Kevin or or Steven tell us about this song, they would say I really don't want to because I want <laughs> you to be. read yeah. into I want it what you, you want to, to tell me it. about it. So that's why we started the podcast. We're telling them about this. This is well, how yeah, we feel, Steven. Well, and Steven said when we were talking to him about the flag and that and that in that interview, like there's some things that he wants us to, he, he br- brushes broad strokes. And I think Kevin does the same. So no matter who wrote this, like it's a broad stroke to mm-hmm. get, let you kind of put yourself into it and kind of read into it. I mean, that's a, that's just a, a really smart way to do anything, whether it's a writing a song or a novel or, or anything, because I think yep. if you leave room for interpretation, people pour themselves into it and it's going to resonate more with them. So um, totally. Yeah. That could be what we're seeing here. Yeah. And okay. I know I went with the direction of a person that's, that's uh, non-religious or, or a different religion with this. Um, but the other side of that would be also possibly families that are poor. And he, so Jimmy is kind Jimmy of part of a family that's poor. Flakes, yeah. And so he got a, and he's happy with that box of frosted flakes because he's like, you know what? It's something. It's great. And and maybe that's kind of where that line's coming from, too. Um, or maybe there's a piece of culture there that I'm missing that I'm like, I don't I never got cereal for breakfast. I never got cereal as a, as a gift for, cereal bre- for, for Christmas. I have to um. say, a nice big bowl of frosted flakes, slightly soggy. Washed down, nothing, yeah. Oh, nothing beats bag. it. Oh. <laughs> nothing is no, Canadian I misspoke. I did get cereal for breakfast often. I didn't get it for Christmas, I meant. for, And I got it for breakfast on Christmas, just not as a Christmas present. I was a kid in the 70s, so that's all we had. Sugar cereal and TV. That's all oh, we man. had. Well, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you, even into the, the 80s and early to mid-90s, that was the case. And that was yeah. a special time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> and now we all have diabetes. Thank you. ADHD and diabetes. <laughs> yeah. But that's another episode. <laughs> that's another episode altogether. I didn't know there was a diabetes song. I mean, well, this we did talk. We have the connection here with the album that was sponsored for diabetes right so right exactly it's a whole other podcast how the how the baby boomers failed all of us love gen (laughs) x it's like the one thing that gen x millennials and gen z can agree on is the f the baby f the baby boomers (laughs) sorry mom and dad (laughs) i'm not sorry (laughs) sorry not sorry (laughs) Sorry, not even sorry a little bit. <laughs> Whoops. 
It's Christmas Day. I apologize. Yeah, for shame. <laughs> Such a happy topic on Christmas Day. You know what you should do? Instead of the usual Yoko over the swear, put like little jingle bells. There we go. <laughs> Make it extra festive. I do love so, this song, though. Sad or no sad, it's yeah. beautiful to listen to. You know, to. honestly, I maybe that's why I like it so much. I said uh, I like depressing music. So maybe even if I wasn't <laughs> perceiving it to be, I, I just knew in the back of my head somewhere, like, ooh, this is appealing to me. <laughs> right. It takes the edge off the glaring joy of the holiday. Maybe, like just, you know, right. honestly, you see, okay, so not to get too far down a rabbit hole here, but we've talked a little bit before about like how we interpret things and why things mean things to us or resonate with us. And so let me know if you guys have had this experience, because I remember uh, it was like, um, I want to say it was All Star by Smash Mouth was very, I mean, obviously now it's popular in sort of a, a post-ironic way, but back when it first came out, it was like you couldn't escape it. That was that's was, was on the radio every and, five minutes. And I had somebody talk about how they love that song. And I just kind of like rolled my eyes and like, what, you don't like that song? And I was like, nobody is that happy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe if I was a millionaire or rock star, I probably would be that happy. So I could be wrong. But, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Sorry, I'm looking something up. Tracy's trying to re fine. reconstruct his notes. The FBI is looking through his hard drive. <laughs> we have the Maybe technology. This call we it, can yeah. rebuild them. Have you been Skyping Edward Snowden again? <laughs> Often. Now you're, dear on, now you're Edward, on the list, by the way. Welcome dear to the Edward, list. Dear Edward Snowden, if you want to come on the podcast, oh God, we'll please, have you. Please. <laughs> Okay, perhaps almost more than anyone else. Edward, we know you're a big fan. Come on the show. Because <laughs> <laughs> we know he's getting yeah. this message. Yeah. He is totally getting this message. <laughs> well, definitely the people who are after him are. <laughs> yeah, that's NSA, true. Okay. NSA, we're a big fan. Come on the show. <laughs> we will give you a half hour time slot to say whatever you want to say. We will, what the heck? Hey everybody, my name is Scott Schiappo, actor My computer is going weird on me. Tracy's looking at porn again. Since it's Christmas Day, we should do this shout out. Santa, if you want to come on the podcast, we'd love oh, to have Santa, you. Santa, we know you listen. We would love to have you on the podcast. And Mrs. Buddy. Claus. We'll accept Buddy. Yeah, or no. Mrs. Claus. Mrs. I would Claus. like to listen. You know what? Claus. Nobody ever interviews Mrs. Claus. Let's inter. <laughs> I don't know how many she's people a friggin' saint. Santa, no, in this day of me, she puts up with his bullshit all year long. I'm sure that Mrs. Claus has a lot of inside no info to give us about the, what goes down in the workshop for real. She's got the real story. Big time. I want to hear from you. Mrs. Know Claus. she's the you know she's the one making it all happen. Oh yeah, I mean Santa works one night a year. You know what I mean? He's the figurehead. He's she Fortnite makes it all the happen. Rest of the time. I bet you, she probably cooks for all the elves. She keeps the morale like, up. Santa Claus is ninja. He's like the best Fortnite player. Oh gosh. <laughs> he has nothing else to do all year long. He's just playing and Fortnite. And that's how he knows who's naughty and who's yeah. nice. Because he hears these kids swearing at each other on chat. when they're yeah. They totally swear. Other. It's awful. Yeah, they say horrible things to each other. They make us look like innocent, innocent <laughs> saints. Yes, indeed. So speaking of Santa and this wonderful song, I want to know, have you ever heard a Christmas carol that goes, oh, yeah? Um, no. It was um, the Macho Man Randy Savage singing Silent Night. Okay, that would be it. Somehow I don't think it was a nice happy carol or singing it. No, but that's, I don't that's, know that's where another, that lyric comes from. Another well, that's another good point that maybe that relates to your song because like everyone who is celebrating Christmas is super excited and happy. Like, oh yeah, it's Christmas time, you know? So maybe little yeah. Jimmy. <laughs> maybe Jimmy is Jim McMahon from WWF and that's he was right. naughty, and so that's why he well, only gets a box of cereal. I thought it was Jimmy Page because Steven didn't want to say Steven, mm. so same last name. Oh, see, nice. Mm. Or it could be Jim from the band. But he would just <laughs> he would get a new instrument. Like his family would get him a new electric bass or something. <laughs> like they'd get him something interesting. 
I was talking to Justin about this last night because I was like, I want to know if there's something I'm missing here. Maybe there's some background I'm missing with this. Um, and his, his statement was, you know, maybe it's kind of an iron, ironic kind of look at all the different Christmas carols that start with O. So you like, oh, oh, come all ye faithful, oh, holy night, oh, oh, little town of Bethlehem. Like maybe that's their kind of little way of making an ironic statement about all those Christmas carols that start like that, which isn't a bad way of, of saying that. It could be a nice little ribbing joke done by Stephen or, or Kevin. I could see them doing something like that. I would like it to be a nod to Randy Savage. Not to Randy Savage. We can only That's hope. what I, I mean, want. The guy did. That's what I want. is say. a big the guy wrestling did fan. Stop the rapture for us. He went to heaven so that we could stay behind. <laughs> he did. God bless him. I want to see Ed go up against The Rock now. That or Tyler. I want to see Tyler. Dwayne Tyler. The Rock. Dwayne, we love yeah. you. We know you watch the show. Please come on. Hey, let's play Dungeons and Dragons sometime. <laughs> no wait does the rock play D? I know vin diesel does and a couple other people like there's like a couple wrestlers and big like jack dudes who you wouldn't think they play D. i want if the rock doesn't... to come on and do some life coaching yeah i, I want him to do I mean, life coaching for me yeah yeah I, I want, definitely you know what oh, oh man, yes the I, uh, that, that, for me play. was implied like i want him to I want The Rock to be my personal trainer and just yell at me while I lift weights to try and inspire me. But he wouldn't <laughs> yell at you. He would, he'd be pretty nice about it. You're right. He'd yeah. give you a hug and tell you to keep going, buddy. You can do it. He seems like such a nice guy. He really does. Yeah. So anyways, Maybe Dwayne, come on Maybe he'd bring Kevin Hart on with him. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Sorry. Nice little little dig from a couple weeks ago. Someday, there. one celebrity that we call out will actually be listening, and they will get such a kick out of it that they will tweet us, and uh, we'll get them on the show. So we'll just cast a That'll wide be net. Wonderful. Cast a wide net. Exactly. You know who I'd love to get on the show? Sir Patrick Jack Stewart. Black. <laughs> oh, oh, Jack well, Black. Yes. Jack Black would be amazing. Sir Patrick Stewart, 100%. <laughs> Ian McKellen, while we're at it. Let's get the two of <laughs> them together. You know what? In a minute. This is, okay, I was going to say we should stop, but it is a Christmas episode, so this maybe this is our Christmas wish list. These are our Christmas That's wishes. Right. I want Michael I want Michael uh Oh my god, now it's out my head. <laughs> Flipping A. Lex, Lex Luthor. God Blackly. damn. Oh, Michael um Rosenbaum. Rosenberg, Rosenbaum. Rosenbaum. He's fantastic. I just started listening. I would love that. I just started listening to his podcast. He's great. He has a podcast? I know. He had Karen He Gilliam does. It's on called it. Inside of You. And he has a nice voice. I know. He has a really good sense of humor, too. He was the best too. part he of Smallville. He was fantastic in uh, oh, Pool Hall Junkies. Um, I, I love He's seeing him. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Every time I see him, oh. I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> he just had surgery on his neck, but he seems oh, he to did. be doing well, okay. We hope you're okay, yeah. Michael. We know you listen. Come on. Come on the show. Come on the show. <laughs> Did you guys ever see the Graham Norton show? Do you ever watch yes, that? Yes, I remember yes. Graham Norton. Yeah. There was an episode where Ian McKellen was on, and I think Sir Patrick Stewart was on, and Hugh nice. Jackman was on, and <laughs> wow. Ian McKellen was, was flirting so much with Hugh Jackman. It was great. It was so great to see. <laughs> so I, I want Hugh Jackman and... <laughs> Ian McKellen to come on and relive that because it was so good. And Hugh Jackman just sort of like went with it. It was great. Oh, I'm sure he did. He's got a great sense of humor, too. I'd be happy with uh, yeah anyone involved with X-Men, really. <laughs> Please come on the show. If you don't have an ego and like to like you understand yourself and, and have a little bit of self-loathing, we want you on the show. I want you on the show regardless. I don't care. That's right. <laughs> so speaking of the show, <laughs> why don't we get back on topic a little bit? Totally off the rails here. Well, why don't, why oh, don't yeah. we go back to... As I'm reviewing my notes, Christmas Time Oh Yeah was actually written by Kevin. I have it on authority there. It was written by Kevin... While he was still with the look people. I called it. <laughs> it also was the first song that Kevin recorded with Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, wow. I mean, and it was oh, his yeah. first. <laughs> <laughs> and 
apparently it was his first track that was released with Bare Naked Ladies. So my guess is this, because I, I can't find a lot more information about this. My guess is that he's the one playing keys behind behind Steven when Steven does his, when he's the lead on it. And that's why we have Steven taking the lead on the song, but it's written by Kevin because it was done so much earlier um, when he was still with another band. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Why don't we do some uh, ratings? Yeah, let's. that would be great. So, in honor of Emmett Otter's Jug Band <laughs> Christmas, our rating this week is Jugs. So, so sexist. It, I. <laughs> For I'm sure. thinking of jugs. I thought you were true. better than that. I didn't mean it like that. As a female of the cast, of I meant it as I'm the. Being, I'm being ridiculous. You're being ridiculous. Um, I could change it to Emmett Otters no, if we no, wanted no, to. No, jugs, no, let's keep it a joke. So anyway, in whatever we are doing, it's. I give the song a four. I give the song a solid four. I love it. I'd listen to it if it was on Christmas or no. Um, Very respectable. So that's, yeah. Aaron, how about you? I'm so close. I give it a 3.85 jugs. I'm, I mean, I'm, I got to compare this to other songs. Like it's, man, it's so close to being a four. I think I put it just underneath like Ballad of Gordon, Break Your Heart, that kind of stuff. Those are 3.9. So 3.85 very, very, very respectable. That's and a decent I, score. I agree for sure. with you, Michelle, in that I would totally listen to this outside of Christmas time. It's just a good all-around oh, big time. Song. Yeah, Tracy. All right. Well, given what, so my computer is being like it's being today. Can you tell me what I gave Christmas picks? Yes. You let gave me get there. Christmas picks three point two five. Okay. I am going to give this a 3.25 as well. Whoa, I put it right there equal seriously? with Christmas picks. Um, I like this. I wish um, you guys it's could not see like Michelle's face because my... she, she looks just like I feel right now. My jaw is yeah. on the floor. What's going on with like Tracy these last couple of weeks? He's like, He's my scores are high. His scores are low. I don't understand what's Too happening. Too much in that eggnog. 3.25 is a respectable number. It's it a is, but for I me, think this song is Get the Christmas spirit, Tracy. Come on. <laughs> this is one of those songs off the album that, once again, I would totally like in the background at, you know, during Christmas morning oh, presents or at a Christmas party, um, listening to it in the mall, like I had said with, with Christmas picks. However, it's not one I want to listen to in the car while I'm driving. Um, it's not one that, like, is is cheery and happy and puts me in the christmas spirit in in terms of all of that stuff there are other songs on here that that have more of that flavor and that that pizzazz for me there are also a lot of songs on this album that you will find that my numbers are going to be much lower than this on um this is one of those albums that are (laughs) hot and cold for me and this is a lukewarm song actually a little little bit above lukewarm i i do like this song it's just not like woohoo. Let's listen to that song. Room so. temperature. Well, your this there it this give right now. This song has a three point seven, and it um, is now between adrift and allergies. That's which not bad. that I, that seems. I will okay. say this, oh, it, Michelle. To be as fair as possible to Tracy, you rated Christmas picks a four, so you also rated this at the same level as Christmas picks. So even though oh. you both disagreed, you both agreed you liked it as much. I'm the only one who went up. I did not like Christmas picks as much. I, I prefer this tune. Interesting. Yeah. That's a great point, Aaron. Tracy and I had the same methodology, yeah. but we just were on different scales, yeah. and you I, totally changed up. I think that's it was kind of cool. The Garaldi-like yes. piano and the harmonies mm. that did it for me. I just, I really love uh, that. That really elevated the song for me. Nice. There's some really important things to kind of notice about this time of year. I want to celebrate Christmas, but I also want to celebrate some important things that happened around Christmas. Um, one of the things that happened around Christmas was this was the break, the mid-year break during that first tour that BNL had, mm. um, and they came back to Toronto. After touring, I want to say it was the East Coast. 
um, of Canada. I could be wrong. It might have been the West. They were they were going to switch off and go to the other direction. Um, but they had like a couple of weeks break. And Ed and Steve, uh, this is while they were touring with Corky and the Juice Pigs. And during this break, they came back to Toronto and they started just kind of doing their own gigs in, in Toronto. And they... I'm trying to remember off the top. I had it written down, and of course now I can't pull it up. It's it's um, okay. I uh, like this off the cuff version. Oh, thank you. Um, it was the in one. I want to say it was in the Horseshoe. I could be wrong. Um, the Horseshoe Tavern, and they got up on stage. They were playing, and they decided to call Jim and Andy up on stage with them. Which was the first time that all four of them oh, played together wow. was during nice. the Christmas break during that first tour. It was so a this Christmas is a very miracle. special time of year and a Christmas miracle in a lot of ways. I want to say it was actually just before Christmas. It was like the day before Christmas or something like that. Um, so in there are, and in the future, I have the track listing of all the songs that they did play that night. Jim and Andy didn't know the songs they just went along with them <laughs> and we're having a great time up on stage playing playing with them so well know, and they're I'm, both so incredibly talented i can see them just being able to step in and just go with it and make it sound amazing exactly those cregan boys they know what they're doing <laughs> so the other the so i'm also going to post once I find it again, um, there is a live version of Kevin seeing this just after Steven has left the band with Ed playing, um, which is it's kind of interesting to listen to because it's a little bit different without Steven there. Um, but the other appearance, it's Christmas Day. I'm feeling like I'm giving today. Okay. Um, there is a rare... A, a rare recording out there. Um, I sent it to you guys this week. I'm not yes. sure if you had a chance yes, to listen to yes, it. Yes, 100%. An extremely One of my favorite I little finds. I insist <laughs> that anyone listening to this podcast must listen to this very special uh, link that Tracy posts because it's priceless. The night before Christmas on Pearl Street, all the people were sleeping because the people were beaten. The snow had been falling for most of the day, and it lay over everything, sooty and gray. The little oh my moment, God. the <laughs> moment with Steve. Now, there's only one guy who flies Christmas night, and I knew that that fat guy was Steve Page. Our Santa Claus, right? I thought... <laughs> Oh, the- oh. I died. <laughs> it's so perfect, and and you could tell that Stephen's on stage yeah. with him. Oh, <laughs> yes. His, his statement of like Stephen, you can kick my ass after the show was just <laughs> <Yes>. amazing. <laughs> um, it was a one time only. It's the only time I've ever found that they've recorded or played this on stage. Uh, but Tyler doing a very soft jazz mm. uh, version. Uh, well, not version, but his he song he must have written um, called "Twas the Night Before Christmas" on Pearl Street uh, tells a nice little story of how he has an interaction with Santa Claus. Um, I don't know. I wish I was able to look it up right now and mm. tell you. Uh, I don't know who was doing the drums. It wasn't Tyler. Oh, really? He Is actually it Ed? calls it out and says, "You know, let's give it to the pe- person on the drums." My guess is it was either Ed or Andy. I figured so. he was making a joke because I heard a little laughter after that when he did the solo, but I'm not sure. No, it was it because I wish then, it was a video. I'd Tyler, love to see that because Kevin uh, Tyler never sings and does the drums usually at the same time. The only time he's ever done he's that not live Phil that Collins. I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried that by the way. That's extremely hard and really really yeah. quickly. I want to shout out to a band that I love, Jellyfish. Uh, the lead singer was also the drummer, and he was not like res- with respect to Phil Collins because I know how difficult that is. The stuff Phil Collins does while singing is a lot more simplistic. He does crazy 
crazy beats that would be hard enough on their own and then also sings masterfully on top of it. It's ridiculous. But anyways, please, please That's continue. Nuts. I love this version of Tyler's song. It's such, I got such a visual, like a film noir. Yeah. Um, yeah, back alley, black and white. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like he's he's in the back alley under the street lamp, smoking a cigarette, and then runs into Santa. Yeah, it's got it's a very beat thing. poetry. Wicked, yeah, like a beatnik yes. Christmas. Yes, yeah, exactly. I, I loved like it. it. Bongos yeah, and goatees all around. Wicked <laughs> black turtleneck. Get your yeah. black turtleneck. Sunglasses inside. <laughs> yep. So I, I want to give a shout out to our new network, Filling the Void Network. Yes. Yay. Um, Yay. We're glad to be a part please, of Filling the Void. Yes. Please go listen to some other podcasts that's on there. One of the other podcasts that I think Aaron would love to listen to, um, oh, I yeah. listened to a couple of their shows this week, is called Hit Points Gaming. <laughs> that sounds where they right talk. It sounds right up your alley. They talk about board games and video games, and they just kind of sit there and discuss. Uh, the one that I listened to earlier this week is Why Are Gamers Afraid to Die in Games? Um, very interesting discussion that they had on there. I have to agree. You know, um, it, it definitely goes back to what you were kind of saying and what you've you've said many we, a time. We project on ourselves your... onto the game play of the character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and and there was a thing back then, like when you died, there was no save spots. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, it used to, to be way more zero. brutal. These days, it's usually you don't get penalized or punished much, much as much. But we, I think, a lot of us old school gamers, especially, still retain that like visceral reaction. We're like, no, 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 we can't die. Uh, there are some newer games like Bloodborne, which will punish you. <laughs> but uh, anyway, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it just kind of brought to mind over and over again for me. You know, it's. How can I say this? And I die. And I die. And I die. And I have to laugh or then I'll start to cry. <laughs> and now I start to cry. How's first- Oh, yeah. Yeah. Before all the fireballs exploded, I had so much equipment and experience growing. Now what can I say? But would you like to play a game today? And that reminds me, next week we'll be discussing conventioneers. That was very nice, Tracy. <laughs> Thank you. I have to say that was... <laughs> I can't wait for conventioneers. I'm just going to give a sneak peek. It's one of my favorites. This is one of those ones that you have been looking forward to for quite a while. I've heard you mention for like this. two for two years. I've been looking forward to doing yeah, I, this song. I, I, I have not cheated. <laughs> I have not cheated. I have not listened to it. I've heard you guys mention uh, it. You've got to read it. the lyrics too, yeah, Aaron. You've got to hook into the lyrics and listen to the song and be swept away by the experience because that's <laughs> the beauty of the song. And you get to hear Steven sing it much better than I just did. Totally. Although that was very nice. You did a nice version. Well, thank you. But uh and it's a total Steven song. Total oh, yes. 100%. There it is in black and white. I have not cheated and looked ahead yet to see who wrote it, but it if it's not Steven, I am going to be just my jaw's going to hit the floor. I would be shocked cuz it's all part of his process let's say oh definitely and it's interesting (laughs) like i was sitting there and i was thinking like i want to go back and see if there are themes to each of them and what they're writing and you know Mm. later on as we go through this podcast but i i seem to feel and i think that one of the themes that we're going to come back to uh we can discuss more next week is I think for actually next week we're not going to discuss conventioneers because we're going to do our New Year's Eve resolutions and what, looking what? at our scores for the year and seeing seeing if there's anything that that we feel regret regretful about and changing <laughs> those up. And then we'll be hitting conventioneers the week after. Get prepared I've for a, a long episode, folks. <laughs> yes, but I get the feeling for Stephen, and it came in the interview that his isn't. It's not the bad boyfriend narrator. It's a, I'm looking around at all these people around me and shining a light on society. And I want people to see how they are in relationships. I want people to realize how they are in relationships. And I think that's kind of his 
his theme that he keeps coming back to is not so much like I'm a bad person and I'm a bad person in relationships, but we and as people in general are. So it'll be interesting to kind of discuss that more next week. Mm, Most definitely. Interesting. So have a great week. Have a (laughs) happy, happy Christmas. Yes. And a happy new year. Happy Christmas. Happy new year. Happy new year. War is over. Happy Hanukkah belatedly or uh, happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> Merry Festivus. Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, whatever you celebrate. Sincerely, I hope it was a great one or is a great one. And, yes. Uh, happy Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boxing happy Day. Tuesday. Happy Boxing Day. Happy Boxing Day. That's true, too. <laughs> that's not where you sit there and have, have a fist fight that, that's different. No, but, you know, that reminds me. I've watched Die Hard on Christmas. I need to start watching Rocky on Boxing Day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a good tradition. I, I like so. it. I mean, they, they uh, don't they, isn't like Christmas mentioned, like they're talking about a turkey or something, right? Or maybe it's Thanksgiving. I, I feel like it's around Christmas time. I think it's actually like winter be. in Philadelphia in that movie. It looks cold, yeah, so it's got to be he's around the holidays. in the, the gym sweats and stuff. You know, like, ah, oh, <laughs> you know what I know? I just got to run and get my temperature up, man. <laughs> but Merry Christmas. Speaking of getting to the gym, I should probably get to the gym. <laughs> I actually need to do that too, so. So have a good night, everyone, (laughs) and we'll talk to you next week. Merry Christmas. Yay! Merry Christmas and all that jazz. (laughs) All that Vince Guaraldi jazz. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.